You're listening to the Northeast Newscast, episode number 86. As part of the tattoo edition of the Northeast News, we are sitting down with Rachel Cross, owner of the Ink Parlor. We will be discussing her journey into the business, her very first tattoo, her unique way to collect mementos from her travels, and much more. Northeast Tattoo and Supply carries a complete line of professional supplies for licensed tattoo artists, including a full line of needles, inks, sterilization products, aftercare ointments, and more. Stop by our shop at 3619 St. John Avenue or visit us on the web today at northeasttattookc.com. This week, we're going to sit down as part of our tattoo issue, if you will. We've got a special issue on tattoos coming out in the May, what is it, the May 7th, May 8th edition of the Northeast News. And this morning we're going to sit down with Rachel Cross. She is the owner of the Ink Parlor. That's the name of the shop. Correct. And that is on 39th Street in Midtown. And you are a historic Northeast resident as well, right? I am, yep. And you live 7th and Chestnut, give or take? Yes, 7th and Chestnut. How long have you lived in the neighborhood? Um, We've been here for two years. How do you like it? I love it. Love everything about it. What drew you to to Historic Northeast? Well, I was looking for a house with character, had been looking for a long time. And when I walked in, um, I knew that like that was the place that I wanted. And I love how much... Uh, like access I have to like culture in this neighborhood, like a bunch of different ethnical foods and you know the art programs, and it's just there's a, access to a lot more in this neighborhood. And I would imagine bang for the buck as far as housing stock I mean, is I've, concerned. I bought my house with cash, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was really tight. Well, it's, well, you say you bought it for cash? What did you pick it? Up? Was it foreclosure or just a vacancy? I bought it off a you... wholesaler. Okay. And did you have to do a, do much work to it? Oh, man. Every project is started. None of them are finished. <laughs> I think a good indication of where the house was at when we bought it is when you go down Google Maps in the alleyway, there are people camping in my backyard. Oh, nice. Yeah. So are those still on Google Maps? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't updated yet. Nice. Yep. So, I mean, you really, really... Lots of work. Yeah, Every pretty much everything except... Um, like foundation work has been done. I've got a lot of friends that have traded me labor, so I'm not in the weeds as far as how yeah. much I have invested in it. But yeah, it's been a lot of work. Tell us a little bit. You and I go a little bit farther back sure. than than tattoo arts and, and things like that. I, I can't tell you the number of times that I judged you as a, as a debate person. You came from Chrisman. I did, yep. Refresh my memory, LD and Extemp, right? Yeah, I did LD, extemp, went to nationals in Congress one time on accident. But. <laughs> on accident? <laughs> well, you had to, yeah, I got, I had to go and compete, and then I double qualified, and they made me go in Congress. So. Did, did you, pr- well, I'm not going to get into the weeds on that, because that's a whole other conversation that yeah. we can have. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell us about your shop, your location, 39th Street. What are the hours? Um, so we're located at 34th and Main. We're open noon to 8 on the weekdays and noon to 10 on the weekends. How did you get into the business? Um, I uh, did really well in school. I was a smart kid. I made really good grades. I gave the commencement speech. And so the counselors told me to go to college. And I did that. And then I got a big kid job and it was terrible. Um, and Sprint was kind enough to lay me off and give me a really large severance package young. I mean, I was 23 or 24 and I used that money to get into the tattoo industry. I had, um, been dating someone that was in the industry and decided that maybe I'd want to own a shop. 
um, and just do the business side of it because that's where my college experience was. I was in the shop for a little while and realized I could probably make tattoos, and I so I just kind of fell into it really. Successful business model, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, sort of. It's most of the people that work for you are. Uh, contractors and so they're also artists and that means you can't like force them to work or to care and sometimes that business model doesn't work very well but right now we're doing great we've got a group of people we all get along really well we have fun we make a decent amount of money how many artists do you have in your in your shop um so i have two locations we've got the one in kansas city um we've got eight artists there in independence we just have two artists right now independence where's that shop uh it's on 23rd street Okay. So across from Mugs Up. Bill and Ann's. Yeah. Okay, I know right where you're at. Okay, yeah. right there behind Quick Trip, kind of, mm-hmm. sort of. We're, yeah, we're um, like between Noland and Lee Summit on 23rd Street. Right, okay. So obviously, looking at you've got long sleeves on, but mm-hmm. it's pretty apparent that you've you've got a lot of tats. What was your first, and why did you get it? Um, I got my upper right arm tattooed first really like I had always been a fan of tattoos and the tattoo culture but my grandfather was in the navy in world war ii and he made all the grandkids promise that they wouldn't get any tattoos and I held out for as long as I possibly could (laughs) and then I decided I'd just get one big one and it is the worst tattoo that I have (laughs) did a terrible job researching artists um, but you know it is what it is we don't we don't have to disclose that artist. Yeah, and, we don't. And we won't. No. So your your grandfather, I'm assuming as a World War II vet, was he European or Pacific theater? Uh Pacific. So he got did he get the hula girl or the I don't I think that it was an eagle, but by the time I have recollection of it, there's no I'm no telling what it was. It was just a blurred mess on his forearm. I was going to say that because they fade and they They blur, yeah. Yeah. And that the age of that ink, they don't have the new inks. Yeah, that, well, that and, you work with today. Yeah, and all I mean, all pigment is going to spread. And he had probably had that tattoo for fifty years at that point. Easy. So yeah. it was it tough to recognize. If I could figure out what he had, I would get it tattooed. And put your grand grandfather's initials under. Yeah, it or something. Like yeah. Okay. From my standpoint, and you're, you're looking at somebody who a couple times up at Sturgis, I'd walk by a, a, an ink booth, and I'd, I'd hear the needle and go, nope, 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 not happening. But then when my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer, that was the whole ticket. And so I got one on diagnosis, and then I got one when we found out that she was cured. And so you've got a, you've got a changed person in me that's looking at this, and it's kind of an emerging art. And what, what kind of people are you seeing now coming into your store versus maybe that came to a tattoo shop 5, 10, 20 years ago? Yeah, I think tattoos are really like a timestamp of where you're at. So everybody kind of falls into the industry in a different way. Uh, but it's usually the first couple tattoos you get are something really meaningful for, to you. And most of my clientele right now is, you know, between... 35 and 55 regular average Joes that have put off getting tattoos because they thought there was like maybe a stigma against it. And mm-hmm. that's gone at this point. So, Say, for example, somebody came in, it was their first time. And I was like this. And my artist was kind enough to, you know, he laid down about a three-inch strip on my arm and he said, how's that? And I said, yeah, let's go for it. And yeah. Two and a half hours later, I walked out with my first one. 
And I would, you know, I was so proud. I took the motorcycle over there, and I was in a sleeveless shirt. And look at me! Oh my God, I got the the gauze or the you know the the scotch tape or whatever it is with the the lotion and everything on it. What what's like the first one? What's popular? And how do you allay fears of the people that that come into your shop that are that hear that needle and automatically just freeze up? I think the anticipation is the worst part of the process. You know, you've spent months worrying about how bad it's going to be, and I'm I'm just at work on a Tuesday. You know, so. I, I really am, am doing my best to get people to the point that they're comfortable, but that first two minutes is crappy for all of us. It never gets any better. It's terrible for me every single time. Like, it's just part of the process. I think um, everyone wants to eliminate discomfort and eliminate fear, but that's what makes tattooing cool. Is the anticipation and then the outcome? Yeah. I mean, so when adrenaline is present in the body, those memories form stronger. Right. So what you're trying to get is a good experience for the person, but it has to be painful. I mean, there's no way you can't eliminate the pain from the process. And if you could, it wouldn't be as meaningful to you. It wouldn't be what it is. It wouldn't be what it is. Yeah. And and I mean, to me, I like what they are. I like what for me, they stand for something. Yeah. And it's incredibly meaningful. I'm I'm assuming from a from that standpoint you get people in there like that. Do you also get the like the 180 degrees away from that? I just want something. I don't care what it is. Start. We get yeah, we get a lot of that. I mean, we're Really? So we do. Yeah. So, I mean, if you Google tattoo shops in Kansas City, we show up pretty high. We get a lot of travelers, a lot of tourists. They come in and they just want the equivalent to a shot glass that they're collecting, right? So that's that's me when I go out of town. I'm a collector. I find a shop that I really admire and I go and I get a little token to remind me of that city. Because at this point, I mean, I'm I'm pot committed on tattoos. I don't care what the tattoo is anymore. I want to get it from a cool artist, and I just want a little memento to remember my travels. What what percentage of your of your body would you say is covered by tattoos? Um, I mean, I've got my my back and the backs of my thighs left to do. That that's all that's left. That's it. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I've got some gaps here and there, but the old stigma. We run into it. I, we ran into it earlier this week in a conversation that we were having with somebody here. Said, ah, I'm anti-tattoo. What do you say to somebody like that? I mean, it's it's tough because for me, I see tattooing as like folk art, right? It's a decoration of something that we carry with us all the time. Um, and so I, it's hard for me to understand people that have a real bias against it. Um, but I also understand that you want to look professional. And there are a lot of tattoos that just don't look professional. Um, and I think that that sort of gives tattooing a bad name. I'm smiling and we're kind of we're kind of chuckling because as part of this issue, we're going to ask people to send us pictures of, say, a regrettable tattoo. Yeah. And our heading on that is going to be no regrets. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm sure if you ever had to cover up something like that or somebody else's mistake. Yeah, I do. I do a lot of cover ups. Do a lot of reworks. That's sort of part of the process. Tattoos don't always age well and they're not always put in well so you've got to you've got to spend some time sprucing them up every once in a while and you use spell check oh yeah (laughs) yeah not that i haven't ever messed something up i mean i had someone come in one time and they told me the name and it was something i'd never heard before so i asked them to spell it and they spelled it and i said it again and repeated back the spelling because it looked really strange on paper uh, and she was on her phone the whole time I tattooed her. And when I got done, she told me I had spelled it wrong. Oh, nice. Yeah. So what, 
how long was the session? Oh, I mean, she was there for 30 minutes. It okay. was on her foot. I mean, she was watching me tattoo it the whole time. She waited until I was done. I was like, oh, yeah, that's spelled wrong. Like, hi. <laughs> so what What was the outcome of that? What do you yeah, do? I just fixed it. It was like a, an N was supposed to be an R or something weird, and I just made it look like what it was supposed to be. I mean, the, the nature of tattooing is that uh, it's done by human beings, right? Yeah. So... I mean, like the Japanese principle of wabi-sabi, right? Like, if things are done by hand, they're not going to be perfect. And you have to come to grips with that really early in your career. There are going to be mistakes, no matter what. I mean, if the customer is going to move, they're going to sneeze, you're going to mess up, your hand's going to twitch, whatever. And you have to be able to fix that. Or, you're, you know, the customer comes in and they tell you the wrong spelling of a name on their foot. And you have to pretend like it's not a big deal and figure out how to fix it. Those on the fly. On the fly. Oh yeah. So those debate skills just, just right back. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I talk the whole time when I tattoo. So. Do you ever get drawn off your own art or uh, your own your own design? As a, uh, no, no. <laughs> I mean, when I when you when you first start out, it's a very nerve wracking process. So definitely some mistakes early on. Very very rarely is something the artist's fault, like once they've been tattooing for a couple of years, it's usually like the customer moves or something strange happens. But when you told us kind of how you got your start, did you, did you do any traveling or have you done any, like, have you gone to Sturgis or any of the bike shows or any of the rallies or anything like that? I had been traveling and collecting before I ever started tattooing. And that's kind of where the bug bit me. I mean, I was getting tattoos out of town as like mementos and yeah. just watching the process was amazing. I loved being in the shop. I loved the sound of the machines. I loved the way they ran. And I didn't realize how deep the industry really was. I kind of had like a superficial attraction to it, but I love traveling. I mean, that's my, that's, that's what I live for. And I finally, in the last few years, have gotten to the point where I can travel and tattooing. We're, we're gone maybe four months of the year. We're out of town quite a bit. So you and Dalton. Yeah. I got it right, right? Yeah. <laughs> So where do you guys go? Um, we go all over the place. We were in Chicago earlier in the year. Um, this year we're doing... We, so we work in Fort Walton Beach, the Destin area mm -hmm. in Florida. We usually do two or three weeks down there. We'll be in Panama City, Florida this year. We're doing Portland, Minneapolis, down to Daytona. And are these are these like bike rallies or just different... Tattoo conventions and... We generally work uh, like tattoo conventions or we work in other people's shops. So they call it like a guest spot. You go and you just pretend like you work for the person for a couple of weeks. Um, the tattoo industry is extremely seasonal and the season in Kansas City ends pretty early. And so we follow the money and the money generally goes to vacation towns. So we spend our summers in vacation parts of the country. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of float around in the fall and winter until our busy season starts again. And then land back in Kansas City and start up again. Yeah, we've we've been here all but a week since November. Okay. And so you're fixing to you're <laughs> fixing to head out here. Uh, maybe later on this month, Memorial Day, and yep. start your circuit. Yep, that's exactly it. We'll be gone all but like a week of every month until October. Okay. And Dalton, you're part of the industry too. You mm -hmm. you work with Rachel? That I do. And what's that like? I mean, do you, do you have to like shut it off when you leave the shop 
and say, okay, we're, we're going back home. It's all, I mean, trust me, my wife and I did that when we first started this. Walk me through a typical day for you guys. I mean, if anything, it makes it easier because we basically work the same schedule as like a ER doctor or something. Like there's no finite start or end to when your shift's going to be. It's tr- strictly a service-based industry. So it's one of those you could be at work all day doing nothing. And then when you want to leave, someone wants to get tattooed. So it's really hard for people on different schedules to make plans for dinner or really anything. So if anything, it makes it easier being able to just kind of go with the flow and understand how the business runs and being flexible to help customers and whatnot. Right. I know that people, and and let's go back to the neophytes, if if we could, the the people that, "Ah, I don't know, I don't know. And you've obviously got to maintain very high standards in, in, in your shop. What are some of the safety, let's say, stop gaps that you have in place to run a, a sanitary shop? Well, I mean, we so we set the highest standards as far as cleanliness goes. We buy, you know, the most expensive, fastest working cleaner on the market. We um, run an autoclave the same way like a dentist or vet office would. We clean all of our equipment very thoroughly you know you just have to have a process in place and you guys are are part of regulated industries you're regulated by that whole city yeah the the tattoo industry is actually more highly regulated than like a dentist office would be Um, they come in and do usually annual sometimes twice a year um, inspections at the state level and then depending on your city, you might have to deal with like a city health department as well. But they, they set standards of things that you should take care of. And then we have twice as many things that we take care of on our own. And I'm assuming they come in once, twice a year. I'm talking health department or the city inspectors and right. give you a, a green light or a yellow light or whatever. Yep. And you've got nothing but green lights, right? Correct. There yeah. we go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we've we've never never had any problem with the state. So it's it's city and state license. Well, it it depends. The city of Independence is just the worst um, as far as like regulations go. They have like five pages of procedural instructions on how to take care of like and do tattoos, and then a bunch of like strange regulations that they enforce that don't really make any sense. But Independence is the only city I've ever worked in that has their own set of regulations. Okay. And Kansas City is a lot different than Kansas that, City is, I'm assuming. They don't, their health department doesn't come in. They, um, I mean, you have to have, like, a business license to operate a business. And because everybody's a contractor, they have to have their own business license. But the city of Kansas City is pretty easy to deal with. And right now, you're, you're currently located in Midtown. Correct. Um, we talked a little bit about the historic Northeast community. We're, we're coming up. Any plans to maybe look at a new location up in this neck of the woods? Yeah, you know, I've been looking for, it takes me a long time to find the right building, right? I've been looking for about a year to find a building. Um, and the real push for me is that I need studio space. I can't, I do a lot of painting outside of tattooing. And right now I'm limited on the size that I can paint. And my house gets covered in paint and glitter and all kinds of crap. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm absolutely in the market for a building, but I won't rent. I have to find something to buy. So Gotcha. That's where I'm at. And so you, you said you also paint. What kind of format 
does that take? Um, so I primarily do what they consider sign painting. I work with enamels. I do pinstriping, but I'm making signs essentially. Oh, like murals. Like murals. Yeah. Okay. So we're this will come out after mural day. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm super excited about mural day. Are you really? I'm pick up a panel. Yeah. We're okay. At, good. Please. Yeah. So we um, we travel and sign paint too. So we we tattoo, but we travel and do sign painting. Um, and this year we're gonna do. Um, a couple of murals. We work with the um, wall dogs who do historic restoration and sign painting murals, and they're all done by brush instead of like aerosol. So we're going to be part of a couple of projects with them this summer. So you take, you would take, say for example, something down in West Bottoms, yeah. like the old You Need a Biscuit. We call the, them ghost signs. Ghost signs, exactly. Yeah. So you restore ghost signs. Yeah. How cool is that? How long have you been doing that? Um, we just started a couple of years ago doing the sign painting stuff. And so that takes you all over the country? And yeah. The guy that we work with in Minnesota actually travels the world teaching sign painting. He has connections, and there are wall dogs all over the world. And they, they all kind of descend on one town and do 10 or 20 murals in a weekend. Really? Yeah. And the, so I'm assuming they migrate more towards historic districts and yeah. older buildings, West Bottoms, Crossroads, Midtown, yep, that Northeast. Kind of that kind and sometimes of they, I mean, they're they're generating new murals a lot of times, but the one we're doing this summer, they're specifically restoring. And where is that and what is it? Uh, it's Illinois. Jacksonville. Jacksonville, Illinois. And what, do you know, can you say what mural it is? Uh, there's a bunch of them. I think it's like 10 of them. Oh, okay. And where's Jacksonville, Illinois? I have no idea. In you, Illinois. In Illinois. You can Google it. <laughs> just, we're just going to go. Yeah, Get yeah, in the yeah, car yeah. and we're going. Yeah, so that trip, we start in Kansas City. Um, we go to Mazeppa, Minnesota. I don't know if you've heard of it. Population <laughs> approximately 300. Um, and we'll be there for a week painting with our friends. And we drive from Minnesota to Minneapolis, from Minneapolis to Portland, Oregon. <laughs> Not Maine. Not Maine. Okay. <laughs> that, that would be the other way. And then from Portland back to Illinois to do the painting. Man, and yeah. you're, and you're are you stopping and doing murals along the way? Yeah, we'll probably stop and do ta- tattooing's a little bit easier to find places to do, but I'm sure I think we're going to stop in Ohio and paint with some friends. So this is kind of like a like being a vagabond for yes. um, and do, are these paid gigs or do you just do this? Uh, the mural stuff is not paid gigs, but the tattooing definitely is. We I mean we tattoo to pay our bills. Right. We love tattooing, um, but I love painting a lot. If I could, if I could get paid to paint, I would do that. So it fuels the passion. Oh man, yeah, paint's expensive. <laughs> and why is is ink expensive? Not as expensive as paint. As paint, yeah. <laughs> and that's all we're gonna say about that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, anything else to add? No, man. I just i i love I love what I do, and I love that this neighborhood supports that. Will you be going to the convention this year? I won't be working the convention in town, though. During the convention, you're going to be open. Are you going to maintain regular business hours? Yeah, we'll probably work more than regular business hours. I mean, when we say that we're open noon to 8, that means um, there will be somebody there for sure from noon to 8. We're generally there until 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning on a busy day. So we'll we'll be there taking walk-ins. And normally, say, for example, if I walked in and said hey, I want to get a star on my elbow or do this. Yes. Or, Let's do it. <laughs> I'm right in now. right then and there. No waiting. or. I, I love doing like big custom art pieces, um, but I also like not having homework. 
So if you come in and you know what you want, I will give you that tattoo. I enjoy the process of putting in a good tattoo, and I don't care what it is. So come in with whatever idea you got, and I'll make it a good tattoo. And so if I, let's just say, for example, and, I, and I've got an idea in my head, I just haven't put it down on paper. And say, okay, Rachel, I want to I want to sleeve this out. I want a half sleeve, and I want it to feature A, B, and C. Go. Yeah. You would be able to. That's what I do for a living. Nice. Every day. I mean, we so when we work like a convention, we show up with all of our gear in our car. We unload it into a ten by ten space, and we do whatever comes in, whatever idea you have. I'm going to convince you you should get it done by me, and I'm going to draw it up and execute it well. Let's go back and talk a little bit about cover-ups. Yeah. Have you, and this is this is kind of a, fortunately it didn't happen in our family, but have you ever been tasked with doing, like, breast cancer cover-ups or yeah. medic, medical cover? I don't know what you, if there's a term for those. Yeah, I've done quite a bit of that. Um, I recently was work, have been working on a project where a guy has a lot of skin grafts. Um, and that's been one of the most fun, challenging projects I've ever worked on because it's a large portion of his body. We've done two, three-quarter sleeves and all of his chest. And sometimes life deals you a really dirty hand, and you can't really do anything but cover up that skin, you know? It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's the, your skin is the largest organ that you have, and sometimes it gets beat up. And so, yeah, I do a, a lot of scar cover-ups. I've done quite a few like mastectomy scar, like restoration kind of things. I've recreated nipples in situations where they were gone. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know that uh, one one person in particular, he's a uh, Afghanistan vet, ex-Marine. Yeah. yeah. Back piece mm-hmm. is entirely a cover-up. Yeah. And he's he's working through He's working through the rest of the scars on his body, but that that was the entire motivation for his back piece is because an IED blew up behind him. Yep. Fortunately, he's walking and talking, and he's going to school. He's going to be a teacher. God love him. I don't know how his classroom demeanor is going to be, but... Uh, but that's the whole that's the whole reason why he got his back piece. Yeah, and, you know he doesn't do. talk about that. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I do a lot of that kind of work. I mean, people come in and they've got. Um, I don't know if it's that I've like developed a reputation as someone that will do whatever crazy scar situation comes up, but when they come in, I'm excited about it. You know, it's a it's a challenge. It's a new piece of skin that I haven't worked with before. I enjoy doing it. It's really fun. You know, I've seen pictures of these guys on on social media that. You know they've got the burn marks, and that's that's a little bit different. I mean, obviously, it's a little bit different skin tissue that you've got to work with. Any special considerations, or any special considerations that you have to look at in regards to that particular injury or skin type? Yeah, I mean, every every single even if I if I tattooed you, if I moved from like your upper arm to your lower arm, it's a different type of skin. So scar tissue is especially difficult because. Like, say they have, like, a skin graft, right? Like, that's, that tissue is, is thicker and denser, and then where it's connected to healthy tissue is very thin and fragile. You have to be able to identify what's happening with the skin while you're tattooing it, uh, but that's just something that, that's come with a lot of time. It's not something that worries me as much anymore. Um, we just we tattoo it, and I do a good tattoo, and if it comes back and it's a little light, we touch it up, but I haven't, I haven't had any problems with scar tissue getting light recently. Is there a certain healing amount of time 
that needs to take place? Does it have, like, does that particular type of skin, let's just say burn skin for conversation's sake, does that have to heal a certain amount of time before you can lay ink down on it? Yeah, for sure. So, first of all, I'd say always check with your doctor. They're going to have the best information about whether or not it's safe to tattoo you. Really, the skin needs to regenerate itself. So you've got multiple layers of skin. When the skin is damaged, you have fewer layers of skin. Like when you have a scab and the scab comes off and the skin underneath it is like pink and shiny, that skin is thinner. And so you need to get those layers of skin back. Now, sometimes in scarring, that doesn't always happen. Um, But generally, we suggest at least six months out from a procedure or whatever before you can start tattooing on it. Some people say like a year. Some doctors suggest a year. I always always say go with what your doctor says. Talking about people come in, they they want a memento of where they are, you know, like bachelor parties or anything like that. I come in and I'm three sheets. You gonna work me? Absolutely not. No. Thank I mean, you. <laughs> you I, we we have a consent form, and the consent form says that you are not under the influence of anything. And it, when I got mine, my two, you know, every and this was this one here was like three or four sessions. Every single time I came back in, I had to sign that consent oh, yeah. form. When was the last time you? you know, consumed an alcoholic beverage. And I, I don't know what the, if there's a standard, 24, 36 hours, whatever, but had to make that signature in, in order to go to the chair. And I'm assuming that's the same way. Yep, yeah. So you're not going to tattoo some 18-year-old drunk girl or guy or whatever. I, I feel an even higher responsibility the younger the person is, right? Like, I don't want to screw your life up down the road. I'm not, like, if you come no in regrets. and you're... No regrets, right? <laughs> If you come in and you're 18, I am going to do everything I can to get you to get the tattoo in a responsible place and something that you're not going to regret. The last thing I want is for someone to regret a tattoo that they got, no matter like what it is. But if you come in and you want a name on your throat, no thank you, right? Like I, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to talk you out of it. What's the most extreme tattoo you've ever done? Man, I don't. That's I have no idea. It's, I just do. I just do all of them. All of all of the weird, stupid. We a lot when um, when Black Panther came out. Oh yeah. And they got the tattoo. They have the tattoos in their lips that mm-hmm. glow. That brought lip tattooing back with a vengeance. And every young person with a stupid idea came in and wanted something ridiculous tattooed in their mouth. On their lower lip. You can hear me. On their lower lip. Yeah. To where they just hold it out like that. Yep, that was was a thing for... It's gone again, thankfully, but... Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) They don't stay very well. It's kind of a gross process. It's just not... Have you ever done one? Yeah, I've done hundreds of them. It just doesn't... (laughs) I don't want to do a tattoo... So I don't want to do a tattoo that you're going to regret. And so for me, that means the tattoo needs to look really nice for a really long amount of time, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm trying to give you something that is going to age well. And a lip tattoo is not going to age well. A tattoo done with white pigment is not going to age well. A tattoo on the side of your finger is not going to age well. The The skin has certain considerations. It's my job to tell you what those are, right? Like, I'm, I, I should be the liaison into the industry. I should help you make good decisions because, like, you're not a plumber, right? And when you hire a plumber, you don't tell them, I need you to replace this joint. And in the no, like, you just come in, you say, hey, my sink doesn't work, and they fix it. And so that, when you walk into the tattoo shop, you should say, hey, my skin is really blank. I need you to fix it, and then I fix it for you. 
you jump in and yeah. it's not blank anymore. It's not blank anymore. It's perfect. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. We're kind of in wrap-up stage. Anything else that you'd like to add about your about your shop, the industry as a whole? What do you want people to know about your industry? Man, that's such a broad question. <laughs> I would just say take what your artist is saying to heart. We have your best interests in mind. We really want to give you the best piece of work. And sometimes that means that we're going to steer you in a direction of an art style that we're more comfortable in or to a place on the body that's going to age a little bit better. We we really want you to have the best tattoo that you can get. That also means that you need to do your research on portfolios. You should be looking at the type of work they do. You should be looking for the type of shop that you're comfortable in. Like all of those things matter. So you should you should take the time to find a place that you really want to spend some time in because you're probably going to be back. And you've got to be comfortable with that artist. Yeah, you've got to be comfortable with the artist. You've got to be comfortable with the shop. Every shop has a vibe. And if you walk in and that vibe scares you, leave, right? No matter no matter what. Straight up. Straight up, get out. Because if you're not comfortable, it's not going to be a good process. We're in the service industry. We're here to provide a service for you. And if you're uncomfortable, you shouldn't be there. Where do you see this going in Kansas City? Um, I mean, we're the tattoo industry is oversaturated in Kansas City right now. We have too many artists and not enough skin to tattoo. That's going to be an interesting transition. I think it's also really interesting that we have an art school in town. And so a lot of the people that we've been getting in recently that want apprenticeships are people that are from the Art Institute. And so that'll kind of change the type of tattooing that we do in town. But it's uh, it's a difficult industry to make money in. You know, you, you have to be able to technically put in a tattoo. You've got to be able to make art, and you have to be able to get people in the chair. And not all artists are gregarious. You know, you've got to, you've got to have a really strong personality to get people in sometimes. You know, I'm married into this whole debate thing. Sure. 30 years. And I think that's... At least from your standpoint, I mean, you learn to overcome that. Oh yeah. You know, you don't you don't stand up in front of three or four or five judges and do an extemp speech without being comfortable doing that. Yeah. With, with three main points of analysis. I definitely fall back on my communication skills pretty often. You have to be able to reach an understanding with your customer. Um, you've got to be able to explain to them what they're going to be getting and what you think is going to work well. And for a lot of people, that's a struggle. You've got to be able to talk. And if you're the kind of artist that wants to sit in your room by yourself and not talk to people and produce art, tattoo industry may not be for you. That kind of leads me to my next question in regards to comparative analysis. People are afraid to go to the dentist. A lot of people might be afraid to get a tattoo. And dentists, I've had a dentist put his knee in my chest before in order to extract the tooth. Have you ever had to do that? Let's sit still, stupid, because... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not... I've never, I've never like, sat on top of somebody, but I definitely have been to the point where I want to, like, strap them down. It's usually, like, nicely asking them to please stop messing up their tattoo. Because um, I don't want to do a crappy <laughs> tattoo, and you're creating that situation for me. So, yeah. You need to settle down, yeah. and we'll get this done. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah. You ready? Thank you. Yeah. Breathe. That's exactly it. The anticipation 
makes the first few minutes really difficult and it takes a little while for your body to create endorphins right so you when you first sit down it's like hot fire it is not fun you know and you, you start second guessing every decision you've ever made in your life but by minute like 10 15 sorry, it's Mom. better yeah oh right? my god oh, i made a terrible mistake that's me every single time i get tattooed i'm like oh no what have i done why am i and it, i always like i'll get tattooed by someone i really admire you know like i'm out of town it's not like i can come back and i sit down and they pull the first two lines and i'm like oh oh no oh no what have i done why am i here but it gets better. And this is kind of, this is coming from you. Oh you know, yeah, you've been in the industry how many years? Ten years. And so you still feel that way every single time. It doesn't doesn't go away for me. But I that's part of the process for me. You know, like it it has to be something that you overcome. I must have overcome that because now I've got they, they call it the fever. Yeah, you know I'm. I'm ready to get back in that chair. Yeah, it's like potato chips. You can't just have one once the bag's right? open, you know. And and coming from, you know, my wife, who you know, yeah. said, no, you're not, no, 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 the the divorce lawyer is on speed dial. Yeah. And so now I've I've, I've got two, and I've talked about my sleeve enough. I'm pretty goes, persuasive. I can talk to her. You please, will you? <laughs> <laughs> You know, and now I'm to the point where she's like, no, don't sleeve this one, sleeve this one. Right. Thank you, there done, you out the door. <laughs> yeah. I can't get to your shop quick enough. Yeah. So, thank you very much, Rachel Cross. The name of your studio again? Ink Parlor. And you are located at? We're 34th and Main in Kansas City and on 23rd Street in Independence. And do you have a website and a Facebook presence? Theinkparlor.com. And your Facebook? Theinkparlor.com. Dot com. <laughs> Instagram's theinkparlor.com. Dot com. Phone number is theinkparlor.com. Uh, it's 9844 Inc. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming in. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Express yourself at Northeast Tattoo and Supply. Choose from one of our unique designs or a design created especially for you. Body jewelry and piercings by a licensed professional are also available. Stop by our shop at 3619 St. John Avenue or visit us on the web today at northeasttattookc.com. And that was Rachel Cross, owner of the Ink Parlor. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Northeast Newscast. I'm Elizabeth Orozco.